0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Motor City Hoops podcast, an entertaining fresh take on the three-time NBA champs, the Detroit Pistons.
1: Hey, Hoopheads, we appreciate you listening to this episode of Motor City Hoops. Be sure to check out these other NBA pods on the Hoopheads podcast network, including Cavalier Central, 305 Culture, Spanning the Spurs, Hashtag Lakers, Nuck If You Buck, X's and O's NBA Breakdown, L.A. Hoops, the Wizards Hoops Analyst, and At The Buzzer. Plus our coaching-focused podcasts, Thrive with Trevor Huffman, Beyond the Ball, the Maze.com podcast, Players Court, Bleachers and Boards, The Green Light, and Courtside Culture. Oh, and don't forget to check out our flagship, the Hoopheads podcast hosted by me, Mike Cleansing, and my co-host, Jason Sunkel, featuring the best minds in the game, from grassroots to the NBA. Hey, hoop heads. We all hate ankle sprains, and they happen way too often. Ankle injuries are the number one sports-related injury. Arise is trying to change that. With the iFast, your athletes get preventative protection and full mobility. with promo code Hoopheads to get 20% off.
0: Welcome to Trade Deadline special episode of Motor City Hoops. We'll talk all major moves made around the NBA, including the Pistons, the Heat, Rockets, Magic, Bulls, Celtics, and a few others. But first, Bryce and Alex, we're gonna start with our Pistons. Last night, the long right goes for Corey Joseph and two second rounders. I really want to hear your thoughts on this.
1: Yeah, so the the most frustrating part of this Vlad and Alex was they they did this overnight. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, I woke up in the morning. And I was like, man, I must have missed. You know, I, I was worried that I I missed everything, because um, this happened around midnight at least Central Time. So I think the major part of this move is the six million dollars in cap space will open up um, this off season. Corey Joseph's deal is only partially guaranteed. Um, so if you just look on the surface, it doesn't look like a great deal. But if as long as we let him go before the June 30th, I think believe it, is, I believe it is, it's only 2.4 against the cap. And that opens up a little bit more space compared to if we had DeLon Wright. And it opens up some playing time at the point guard spot. I, I don't anticipate Corey Joseph playing a lot of minutes for the Detroit Pistons.
2: I'm right there Absolutely. with you. Yeah, I'm right there with you, Bryce. I think, uh, you know, I'm I'm happy that... Uh, the, the, sorry long Wright was not here you know long term so uh, I'm happy he's gone I think everybody's happy he's gone um, and you know Joseph is not as good of a player as long Wright but I think he can come off the bench and help Hayes develop in a nice point guy because we don't have a mentor for him anymore with throws gone. So, you know, we we have that uh, cap space. We got two picks in. Long term, I think it's more beneficial for us. You know, uh, right now, it doesn't seem like a good pick, but long term, it's going to come to fruition.
0: Yeah, Corey, you know, he played for, for Casey in Toronto. Uh, there's another connection there. The Wright right has the same connection with Casey. I, I love the trade, Bryce. I think um, from what I saw on Twitter, uh, but most of the Pistons fans are pretty happy about Agreed. it overall. Yes, for uh, sure, you get two second round picks. To me, that was that was the, the main thing to get two second round picks in the, in the trade. You know, the six million that you get to spend the summer uh, because I think Corey Joseph is due for twelve some million, but only yes. two point four is guaranteed. Exactly, exactly. So overall, it's a good move for us. You know, we're not, and, and we talked about this the last two, three, four weeks. You know, like Saban Lee comes up, Dennis Smith Junior comes up. Frank, They all come up and play well, so you have this logjam at a point guard position at a backup spot. And Delano Wright was kind of like in between those positions, you know, point guard, shooting guard. Yeah, it was like a Swiss knife, but also kind of like an expensive Swiss knife, you know. And uh, I like this trade. You know, Troy Weaver's done a fabulous job so far. And the only thing about this trade deadline that kind of bugs me is that we didn't get anything for Wayne Ellington. He's so hot.
1: Yeah, that's... That, I mean, that's... I think this morning, if you were on Pistons Twitter, you love this trade. Okay. And I just want to make a quick point that six million is close to the same amount that the qualifying offer to keep Dennis Smith Jr. would be. So I just want to throw that out there that maybe this is some cap space to keep him around um, for one more year or so. But Wayne Ellington, I think as the day went on, you could see, you could tell Pistons Twitter was getting antsy as the deadline was approaching, kept waiting and waiting. And then I believe it was Matt Thomas got traded. to the Utah Jazz for a second-round pick. And it was like, man, that was a place that Wayne Ellington may have fit in because they like to shoot a lot of threes. And, you know, we we obviously love Troy Weaver and everything he did. We will never know the true story behind it. My guess is he just couldn't find a taker. You know, I, I have to believe that, that he just couldn't find a taker for it. Uh, for Wayne Wayne Ellington, and at the end of the day, it's not the worst case. We we do have a, a little bit of a hole at the two guard spot until Hami Diallo is healthy and ready to play.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And to me, also Ellington uh, had had a very nice quote the other day where he was talking about shooting with Sadiq Bay every day. You know, trying to get Sadiq. Um, you know, the the ins and outs of an NBA shooter, right? And I kind of love that. I was like, you know what? Maybe he's not going to get traded just because of that, just because of his mentoring of, of Sadiq Bey. And Weaver and Casey put a big price on that, you know, this summer when they were talking about Blake, Derrick Rose, Plumlee. They had all this uh, mentorship going on. And now with everybody gone, I feel like Ellington is only the last, the, the kind of last piece standing in this mentorship part. So maybe, just maybe, it's just my thought that he said you know what like we'll, we'll keep this guy because it's not worth trading him for the 59th pick in the draft you know maybe something like that happened or just maybe some you know like you said Bryce it just wasn't
1: yeah, you know, I, it wasn't would, meant to be i spent all afternoon yesterday trying to find the second round pick that would make them <laughs> no i'm serious like i spent the whole day trying to find the second round pick and if it wasn't the utah jazz or possibly the brooklyn nets that was i actually posted that one on twitter i believe all right. Um, if it wasn't those two, then you're getting really late into the second round. And we were only going to trade him to a contender. Nobody else was going to trade for him other than a contender, you know. So, um, I think the options were limited. Maybe he could have got a future second round for him. But but I'm okay with it. I'm not going to freak out. I don't like the thought of Ellington leaving this off season on an expiring contract and we get nothing in return. But it's not like – it's not the end of the world by any means.
2: Do you think he'll yeah. leave – is there a yes. chance he might resign?
1: I I I don't think we should resign him. That's my personal opinion. I don't think yeah, there's a fit. All,
0: I don't think there's a fit for him. That that vet thing. the, the, the vet. Yeah. You know, they're, they're gonna look for like minimum salary vets. I feel like it, and he could be one of those guys. He could be a long term vet for us. Okay. Uh, you know, there's examples of that, and he's also a vet that can just come in and play.
1: I don't. I just so. don't see where the roster spot is though, in terms of. Josh Jackson, Hami Diallo, um, a draft pick that we've all talked about possibly being, you know, either. A shooting guard. Co- yeah. yeah you, know, sl- you know, you slot that person into the two. Now you're bringing Diallo and JJ off the bench and you still possibly have Dennis Smith Jr. and Saban Lee. Now, if he wants to stay on and just be a mentor type guy whose spot mm-hmm. plays when there's an injury, then absolutely I'm all for it. And Alex, that's a good point. Maybe he's at that point in his career. You know, only Wayne Ellington and and, you know people close to him would know that, but maybe that's something he would sign up for. Absolutely, and now let's let's get the heat of the market. Orlando
0: just blew things up, (laughs) blew it up. Everybody gone. I mean, (laughs) three other top (laughs) four scores. yeah. So let's go straight to uh, to me. The biggest trade was Nikola Vucevic, just because his stats, the way he was playing this year. So Vucevic and Amino. They go to Chicago, they get Carter Porter and two first-round picks. In my opinion, Chicago gave a ton up for Vucevic. A ton. And also, I don't see them. Is this just a playoff push, or is this like a long-term? Okay, I get it. Uh, Vucevic has two more years in the contract at very decent money for his production. But I don't think he moves the needle for Chicago that much. And I feel like Orlando got a ton especially those first-round picks, and Carter, who was a lottery pick. So the way Orlando blew things up, they won this trade, in my opinion. Alex, what do you think about Vucevic going to Chicago?
2: I like the idea of him uh, pairing up with Levine. Uh, you know, I, I don't see Chicago losing that much. I, You know, Porter uh, or the other guys were not doing a good job. You get a 2010 guy. On your team, and then you pair him up with Levine, and then you have Kobe White, and then you have uh, who else is on uh, playing well on, on on Chicago? You have uh, Patrick Williams, you know. You have Satoransky, who's a great point guard. I think you, if you glue these guys together, I, I'm I'm not that really sure about the second lineup, but I feel like they're making a playoff push. Uh, if not this year, maybe next year for sure. You have to. I think they're trying to make Levine stay and make him happy because you know. Uh, he was not that happy <laughs> uh, at the beginning of the season, uh, the way they were playing. Um, but you know, now they're in the playoff push, and I feel like this move just confirmed that.
1: I, I actually agree with, with Alex. I don't think they gave up that much. Wendell Carter's a nice piece. Obviously, two first-round picks in 2021-2023. Porter's an expiring contract, so he was going to probably leave next after mm-hmm. this year anyway. So... I don't know that it moves the needle a lot for me, but as I sit here and look at the Eastern Conference standings, do you guys know that Chicago's only three games out of the number four spot in the Eastern Conference? Yep. Mm-hmm. And, and the Hornets are, are sitting there right now and LaMelo Ball's out for the year. Now, the heat got way better. We'll talk about that here in a little bit. But it's possible Chicago could get up to the five spot in, in the Eastern Conference. I think more, to me, this is more of what you said, Alex, pair somebody with Levine, make him happy. And then I would like to see if they can add a third guy to those two though. Like, do they have the money? Vucic's contract is actually really good. It actually goes down every year. Yep. It's 24 Thank next year, 22 the year after. So maybe they're gonna have cap space. They can add a third guy in free agency.
0: Okay, but to me, the, the first pick this year, the first round pick, but again, if you're saying they're gonna move up a little bit, then that pick you know, drops in value. And uh, that's another GM we have to remind everybody that Arturas Karnisovas coming from the Nuggets, and uh, it's his first year with the Bulls, him and coach Bill Donovan. So they kind of wanted to shape up the roster. They wanted, you know, to make that playoff push, to make this team their team. And that's a very understandable move. And to me, it was about the picks, not about the players they sent. Uh, that
1: was That was the only thing absolutely I feel like they give up two first round picks maybe one would have been it would have sat better with me yeah we'll talk more about Orlando I was going to make a point about Wendell Carter and that fit there but I know we'll kind of just talk specifically about Orlando after we get some of these other trades so I'll leave that alone for now
0: yeah and then we'll stay in Orlando though we'll go Aaron Gordon trade Aaron Gordon he goes the Nuggets for Hampton Harris and one first round pick I love to trade the Orlando, you know, I already thought they had a big three, right? Uh, Nikola Jokic, Murray, and uh, Michael Porter Jr. Now you add Aaron Gordon. That's like a core four. Like, uh, it's it's a it's really really nice piece that they added. One defensively, he's the guy that can pair up with the LeBron James, the Kawhis, uh the Paul Georges, and offensively. He's really, really good. I think people just kind of underestimate him because he was in Orlando, but he's top 50 forwards in in assists right now, 4.2 per game. He matches up defensively, and he's going to be very effective as a third or fourth option. Something that we talked, Bryce, that you mentioned about Jeremy Grant eventually, right?
1: What, what are your thoughts on this, this trade, Bryce? Yeah, so as you're talking about Aaron Gordon, you know what name popped into my head is like, is he possibly going to be able to develop into a Blake Griffin type player? Like, is that, you know, like same body type, um, known as just a big time athlete, but slowly shapes his game into being more of a skilled player and offensive facilitator? I don't know. I'm not saying he's going to, but if maybe his career trajectory is headed in that direction. I I just, I wonder about the fit. I agree with you, Vlad. I I have no problem with what the Nuggets sent out. The core makes sense. I worry about guard play a little bit in Denver. But, like, Jokic is the dude, right? Wants the ball in his hand, make plays. Jamal Murray makes plays. MVP. MVP.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah, he's, they had to go get him. No, I'm just joking. He, he's, he's killing. So, I, I don't know. It'll, with all these things, it's easy to question fit, you know, until you see it. Um, but they're definitely going for it, for sure. And... Um, if Aaron Gordon can shoot the ball at, at a good clip, the way he has been this year, he's shooting it from three at almost thirty-eight percent. Like you said, six and a half rebounds, four assists. Um, again, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't love the guard play in Denver. I guess is my issue more than the actual trade. So uh, it'll be interesting. Well, it's Murray and Murray, right? Any other guards there? <laughs> just no, i no, uh, I mean, no, your, but, your guy Campazo is there, Morris, Barton can play the two. But, like, if they brought in a shooting guard, I would be more excited, I guess. Uh,
0: no, and not to downplay, I was just joking around. Uh, Murray is by far, you know, uh, him and uh, Jokic are, like, their, their engine, you know, the motor behind the whole team. And they have very solid pieces around them. But I was just thinking about it uh, just to mention that JaVale McGee, He's uh he's going to the nuggets also and I can see a big lineup right so I was just looking at the roster I was like yeah, what it's, if it's gonna what have if to you be. go crazy so uh, Malone has been known to put up some crazy lineups around you know when he moved the at the four three five point center uh all yeah. this crazy stuff right but what if he goes Murray Michael porn jr. Gordon,
1: Gordon Jokic,
0: Jokic. and JaVel McGee and he goes really big. And you're going six, six, eight, and above basically from the 2 to the 5. Then you can really hide Jokic defensively, which has been a problem for them sometimes in the playoffs. And just play really, really big with a lot of guys that can shoot the ball. One athletic center that we've seen this kind of... I've seen this recipe before in Utah. One athletic center that can block everything and you have guys around that can shoot the ball that can make plays for others too. Uh, this, This Swiss knife that I keep referring to when, you know, Casey said it and I loved it when he said about DeLon Wright. And I feel like some of these guys are really Swiss knives. Uh, okay, some better than the others, but Gordon is one of those type, type of dudes that he can play defense one-on-one. You know, he doesn't need help guarding LeBron James. Is he going to stop LeBron James or Kawhi? No. Is he going to slow them down? I think so. Alex, what what do you think about his trade?
2: I, I love this trade, man. Aaron Gordon is a great player. And I already, you know, when I saw this trade happening, I already imagined how Jokic is just throwing no-look lobs to Aaron Gordon. Um,
0: <laughs> yeah. hey, that's a good true. point. That's it's a good yeah. point.
2: <laughs> yeah, but, you know, uh, the fact that they brought Aaron Gordon and JaVale McGee, that just showed that they needed some size in their lineup. Uh, you know, when you go against Lakers, they have size. You know, Clippers even have size. Uh, the Nets have size, you know. Like they, you have teams that you're going to go against in the playoffs. Well, maybe you you have to beat Lakers and Clippers and you know a bunch of other teams in the West to play against the Nets. Um, but you know they needed size, and they added this with with Aaron Gordon and Javale McGee just for the reason that, you know, you need to hide Jokic or maybe rest him or have somebody else go in there and get the other centers tired or protect the rim or get some rebounds and stuff like that. And I feel like Aaron Gordon and JaVale McGee are going to do just that. And I feel, you know, they completed this lineup and they're ready to make a deep, deep playoff push.
1: I, Vlad, the, the lineup you brought up, like as we're sitting here recording this podcast – like, the lineup you brought up all of a sudden got me really excited about th- the possibility of that. Murray, MPG, MPJ, Gordon, Jokic, and McGee. Like, I want to see that lineup on the floor. I, I want to see it. I-, I don't know that it would work. Gordon thinks he's a wing, you know, more than a four-man, I- you know, it seems like. And you brought up a great point about him being able to guard. We talked about this with PJ Tucker the last 2 weeks, right? Him going to the Bucks, you know, being able to guard some of those guys like LeBron and Kawhi and right. KD. So if that gives him, if that that gives the Nuggets a guy that can do that that they didn't have on the roster, that's a huge get. But the lineup you brought up Vlad is really really cool to think about. In that lineup, you really have to be a little bit outside the box thinking as a
0: coach. And I think Malone is that because really you only have two ball handlers on the floor at the time. It's Jokic and Murray. And you only have Murray that can play pick and roll. But I can also see Jokic play like a four or five pick and roll. Like just four switches where Jokic can pass to guys that can really shoot the ball, right? Poor Junior, Gordon, and Murray with Javel rolling the rim really hard. It's, it's tough, you know, because I've seen this around Rianis where he plays like that 4-5 or five pick. It's like a big, big pick. And if you have shooters around him and athletic wings, it, it can really cause problems. And that's why I love this trade. But again, RJ Hampton, you know, the jury's not out on him and they give up a first-round pick. So
1: we'll, we'll see how it pans well, out for them. Real quick, Vlad, the reason the lineup you're talking about works... Joe can shoot above 40%. Murray's above 40% from three. Porter Jr. is above 30% from three. And Aaron Gordon's just a clip below 40% from three. That's why you can play big like that, but still have floor spacing. It's not about size. It's about guys that can knock down shots. And that lineup could still space the floor. Absolutely.
0: And now let's trade back to Orlando about floor spacing scores. Even Fournier goes to Boston Celtics for two second round picks. And they use the trade exception. Bryce, I know you're not a fan of that trade exception.
1: Talk to me about this. Yeah, so I'm a little more okay with it because I saw on Twitter that I wasn't sure exactly how the trade exception worked. I didn't know if it had to use all at once. And I guess you can split it between two trades. So they still do have some of that. Um, my question with this trade is, is Evan Fournier in Boston long term? Because if he is, I like this trade more. If they don't re-sign him, I hate this trade and I, because, <laughs> because I don't think th- they're not winning the East this year. Philly, Milwaukee, Brooklyn, we're going to talk about Miami in a little bit and how much better they've got. Boston's not a top four team in the East, so I realize you only gave up two second round picks. I don't worry about those as much as if you wasted this trade exception on a guy that's only there for half the season. I don't really like this trade, and it's not because Fournier is not a great player. He really is. But now if he's going to be there long-term, this trade makes a lot of sense. And now it starts to flip the other way where they may have got a steal. So to me, it comes down to that.
0: Well, to me, they need two things. They need a center and a shooting forward wing uh, that can create a little bit for himself. They addressed the second issue, but to me, the center issue was a lot bigger. Uh, In a smaller trade, I can mention you know, Mo Wagner is going to end up in Boston. Um, He's going to go via Chicago for uh, Daniel Tice. Tice, Yeah, yeah. Daniel Tice. Doesn't move the needle at all for me. And they're still without without a center. Even Fournier, yes, it gives them shooting off the bench, a score off the bench. I don't think it's going to be in the game in the last four or five minutes. I think that's, you know, Jason Tatum, Brown, Mm -hmm. Kemba. I I don't see him on that lineup uh, to finish up the games. But it gives them a score off the bench that they can rest, uh, you know, their their main two, three scorers as, you know, Tatum and Brown. And, you know, two second-round picks, I'm not sure that's a great trade for Orlando. Like, they got a ton of it. Yeah. But I'm that- pretty sure the, ex- the exemption is what makes it, you know, worth it for Orlando. And if you're in the rebuilding stage, what do you do with it? I'm not really sure, you know, you're going to try to go sign free agents. You're going to keep trying to trade that exemption for picks for other stuff because long term i don't see them signing anybody a big free agent next two years so it's a very interesting trade uh, on both sides uh, bryce you had a good point about you know if fournier is going to stay there past this year or not alex what do you think about this
2: yeah it's, it's i'm thinking about the same point that bryce just made um because at the first side i just did not see any benefits from from this trade for for any team. I mean Boston, yeah, they they can get some, like you said, some shooting off the bench or whatever. But other than that, I just don't don't see it. Other than, you know, it's a trade exception. So is is that the only thing that's valuable in this trade?
1: Yeah, yeah, I I just don't know. That's the best thing Orlando got back to then, right? So it it's just a weird to me it's a weird trade. I thought 48. Yeah,
0: yeah. It, it, and it doesn't move the needle for Boston, like you said. It doesn't make him oh now they're for sure competing for the Eastern Conference Finals. To me, they got a little better, but to me their biggest issue there was the center position, and they didn't really address that.
1: Yeah, so, we so tra- that's we talked about the, chi- the jury's out. <laughs> we talked about Chicago drum- jumping five or six spots in the Eastern Conference ra- rating rankings based on or standings based on their trade. We talked about Denver, you know, playing with the Lakers and the Clippers, you know, like vaulting themselves. Like, do either of you... Boston sits at number eight in the standings. Like, to me, this doesn't move them. Like, they might pass the Hawks and the Knicks, but they, they may have anyway. So, like you say, it doesn't move the needle because we're not talking about this move making the, a huge jump in the standings.
2: Yeah, I agree. I just don't yeah, see anything. Uh,
0: to me, it doesn't, you know... It, I would prefer Boston to go for Vucevic, to go for mm-hmm. Bielica. We're going to talk about it later. Uh, but again, you know, the, we're going to talk at the end of the show about the buyouts. There's two, yep. at Early least names. two power forward yeah. slash centers that are going to get bought out that could end up in Boston if it all works out. Sure. But now, Bryce, you mentioned the heat. Uh, the heat are on fire. Tell <laughs> <you> that. <laughs> so, Oladipo. And I'm not even going to go into Houston because I'll just go off on them. I'm sorry, but I don't know why you trade. What did you end up with from the Harden trade?
1: So, all I can tell you, I can tell you, Vlad, you know what they ended up with? No good. (laughs) No, no, seriously, they ended up with no players that are are in their future. There is not a player that they traded for, okay, that is in their future. All they got were those picks from the Nets, and you have no idea where those are going to end up. Like, if the nets stay good, at least for the next few years, those picks are the end of the first round. So I, I, I hate what they did. I feel bad for Christian Wood, and I know you don't want to get on the Rockets, but they got. I feel like they screwed that up with James Harden, and I know we put no, dude, them in a tough spot, but they they nothing. This is a good tangent to golf because I want
0: the golf on the Rockets too. <laughs> good. <laughs> no, so you get Old depot. And my thought when that trade happened was, okay, he's coming to Houston. He might sign long-term. He has an expired Even contract, though the rumors, though. exactly. He might sign long-term after his contract, but the rumors were that he's very interested in going in to Miami. Miami, yes. So, like, okay, they're going to try. The, but, like, you were better off getting Levert in that trade. Yes. At least you got something, at least more out of it. Anyways, so, Oladipo. From the Rockets, he goes to Heat. The Heat, the Heat, uh, Heat just—that's a great trade for them. Aldipo's an expiring contract too. I think he wants to stay with the Heat, and the Rockets get, you know, Bradley and Olynyk and first-round pick swaps. Yeah. Not much, in my opinion. Nope. <laughs> I'm not. No, for the Rockets, I'm not sure if it makes sense. For the Heat, total sense. I mean, th- that roster looks great right now with the two additions they made today, and Aldipo can move the needle for him. For them, it's a uh, it's a big get. That that that's the same team, Bryce. You mentioned them. You had them in your Wait, top who, three from the beginning of season. Who mentioned that? You did, Bryce. Oh, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> and now they're moving up. Alex, what do you What, what do you what do you think about Odipo going to Heat?
2: I love it, man. I I feel like they're probably the most dangerous team in the NBA right now. I mean, you add a great scorer and a defender in Victor Odipo. and then you know Bielita is also a great shooter. I feel like. I almost had a feeling that Miami Heat is becoming like the new Warriors or something like that. Where they can just <laughs> shoot the ball from everywhere. You know, you have Duncan Robinson, Tyler Hero uh, on the point guard. You have Kendrick Nunn and Gor- Goran Dragic. Uh, I really like their lineup. I feel like they they made two big trades right now, and they might want to make a push back to the finals and maybe win it. I don't know if they have it in them. Uh, not this year. But you know, I like it. I like this trade overall.
1: They have the pieces, though. I'll tell you that. Yeah. What do you think about that, Bryce? Yeah, no, I I agree. I think it's a it's a nice roster. Obviously, I thought it was a good roster coming into the year. To me, they gave up nothing. These were expiring contracts mm-hmm, anyway. Exactly. Um. You know, I guess from the Rockets' perspective was, it's kind of like the Wayne Ellington, but on a much, much, much larger scale, where the Rockets were probably like, Ola Depot's not coming back next year. We got to just get anything we can for him. So that draft spot, swap, and some cap space is what they're going to end up getting. But for the Heat, you don't feel like you gave up a, to- a whole lot, and you add another athletic scoring guard to this list of dudes and you know what I think Oladipo's do going to do he's not going to start at the point for them but I think they'll stagger his minutes with Dragic, Dragic and I think he'll play some like second unit point guard minutes for them and with Butler, Hero, Nun, Robinson and Bam Adebayo like and I know Bam runs yeah. you know some point center stuff for them as well it's a good looking roster along with a guy we're going to talk about at the end of the show that could end up there as well Absolutely, and you're looking
0: at Bielitsa from Sacramento. He ended up with the Heat, and they gave up more Mo Harkless and Chris Silva for them. That's a great <laughs> gift for him. I mean, honestly, when I look at the strays that the Heat made, they really got Oladipo and Bielitsa for Bradley and Olenek. That's an upgrade, yeah. however you want to take it, you know. And t- to me, again, Pat Riley, Eric Spolstra, doing what they do best. You know, <laughs> they, they got Jimmy Butler and they got all depot. They got billets and now they have all the pieces. Really, really, what it takes to to win a championship. They're I, so close. I, and all most most of these guys, Bryce. Sorry, they're with a chip on the shoulders. All yeah, yeah. depot. Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo. Uh, that's a dangerous team when they're that competitive and with a chip on the shoulder.
1: They'll, they'll make a run for it. I feel like those guys are underappreciated, if that's possible with Pat Riley. Mm-hmm. But like. People talk, you know, because LeBron and Wade and Bosch and all that happened there. But, like, Spolstra seems like a really, really good coach. Pat Riley's a really, really good executive. And I just feel like that's a really well-run organization. And then, obviously, a place that, you know, NBA players want to go play because it's Miami. So, you know, that's <laughs> that that combination of Pat Riley and Spolstra, I feel like, is a really, really good combination for that organization. Absolutely. You look at the
0: Rockets right now and they look – Completely the opposite, right? Opposite, so,
1: yeah.
0: Uh, just, just uh, and I was just thinking about it. Why I mentioned it is because they had opportunity from what, from my understanding, that they could have taken Ben Simmons for James Harden. It was something I was talking to ESPN. The Rockets, uh, you're on, talking about on the, rockets. the jump today, yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah. the Rockets were able. So right now, you really end up with rally and for James Harden. I mean. And that's, I'm sorry, but people that's...
1: in Houston think they're going to be in a like a player in the free agent market, and maybe they are because they have money, and I know Houston and no state income tax and all that. But with all due respect to Christian Wood and John Wall, who wants to go play there with the not I mean, game changers? Yeah, exactly. Now, if you had Ben Simmons and Christian Wood, like maybe there's a little more enticement. Like I would want to play with Ben Simmons, a past first point guard, you know, point and John Wall, too. Yeah, but. I mean, yeah. Uh, no, it, it was interesting because I feel like
0: Houston gave up very early. You know, they got DeMarcus the Cousins, got rid of him quick. Like it was just these moves that were supposed to still keep him in contention or somewhat decent at a playoff, like the, the playing for the playoffs. And now they're just very, very bad. Yep. But let's talk about another trade that didn't make any sense to me, or maybe does for you guys. Clippers, and, Clippers and Hawks. Ray John Ronda for Lou Williams and two second-round picks. Why, Bryce? <laughs> you, Why, Bryce? I
1: think we have different – you said this when we were talking pre-show, and I think we have different – like, I, it doesn't make sense to me for the Clippers. I, I think for you, it was the Hawks. I hadn't even looked at it from the Hawks' perspective, but – I don't. To me, the Clippers are taking a flyer that Rajon Rondo is going to be playoff Rondo, right? We've talked about <laughs> yeah. this. He, he 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 was really good in the playoffs last year for the Lakers, and so the Clippers maybe are trying to you know get that magic again for them this year. It's just a really again another really weird trade, you know. And the Clippers had to give up two second round picks to go along with it, and maybe I'm holding on to Lou Williams it too much. I love Lou Williams coming off the bench, you know, a score. And so maybe I'm holding on to that a little too much. But how does he fit in Atlanta? Do they really need that? I mean they got, they, they got no <laughs> They got eight guys averaging ten points a game anyway, Vlad and Alex. They got eight yeah. guys averaging eight points a game already in Atlanta. So where are where are Lou Williams shots coming from?
2: Hmm.
0: Well they just turned out that weapon offensively for Atlanta and uh Nick McMillan has done a fabulous job so he took over that team so that remains to be seen. I just don't get it from the clipper side, Bryce. You have Patrick Beverly. I'm sorry, what's the difference? You're getting one defender, you have two defenders now at the point guard. Great. Do you think Rondo can move the needle for them offensively with Paul George and Kawhi Leonard? Paul George is very ISO-oriented lately, and Kawhi just about the same, so I'm not really sure that a defender at the point guard position really moves the needle for, for the Clippers. But Alex, do you see it differently?
2: Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to think about the the, the fit. Um, the only thing I was thinking about the first time I saw this was, you know, they're getting playoff Rondo. And they're getting some, you know, maybe inside information on, on how the Lakers are playing. Um, but uh, I feel like, you know, Rondo can make some plays for the other, get some easy buckets for, PG or or uh, Kawhi, uh, just get them, you know, some rest, easy layups, easy dunks, or easy three point shots. I feel like he can come with the second unit as well, and then you know make some plays here and there. Um, but you know, I think the biggest bet is in the playoffs. Bet on his experience and on his you know ability to beat the playoff run, though. I feel like that's the only thing.
0: I mean, he's he's a winner. I'll, I'll give you that. He's a winner. He's made a difference last year. I'm not going to say huge difference. He's made a difference for the Lakers last year, but Bryce, I think you and I had this conversation. So right now the Clippers really have two scores, and we were expecting Lou Williams to score more this yep. year. We be talked third about his shots. Yeah, getting less shots with Tyron Lou. Okay, I understand that. A new coach, I get it. But getting Rondo doesn't seem like it. It, it adds that
1: one. Extra extra score that they need. Who's going to score for them? Kawhi and Paul George. Your third leading scorer was Marcus Morris, and Lou Williams pretty much averaged the same. Ibaka's already given you 11 a game, but Toom's giving you way more than anybody expected. Who's going to score for them? I don't know. Well, not the point guards, I'll tell you that. No. (laughs) I mean, the former Piston, you know, Luke Kennard, may all of a sudden have a lot bigger role because they're going to need somebody to score the ball. So... I mean, again, it doesn't make sense. To me, Atlanta already had enough scores. For Atlanta, it's not about that Lou Williams can't still score the ball a little bit. It's that you already have three guys, you know, plenty of shooting guards that are scoring 10, 12 points a game just like him. And then for the Clippers, you didn't have that. So they they yeah, they but they swapped needs. Like, those guys, they needed those guys, and then they the other team didn't. And in the
0: same time though, you gotta look at this the other way though. Ronda wasn't gonna move the nil for the Hawks no, at for, all sure. for sure. because Trey Young has the ball. So at least with Lou Williams, you know, you put Lou Williams alongside uh Trey Young at some point that you know Trey can create some shots for Lou Williams. I can see that offensively, you know, being better for the Hawks. But overall I just don't understand this trade. For sure. But let's go Toronto and Portland trade. Powell for Trent Jr. and Rodney Hood. Powell's having an amazing year. Yes, he is. But he's also an expiring contract. Yes, he is. So, <laughs> to me, I really like Trent Jr. He gave him some good minutes last year. You know, he, he played some good defense, came off the bench, gave him a little spark here and there.
1: What, what are your thoughts about this, Bryce? Yeah, so, I mean, I love it in terms of scoring for Portland, right? Like, that's a really mm-hmm. hard team. They could put a lineup of – Damian Lillard, C.J. McCollum, Norman Powell, and Carmelo Anthony on the floor. And then Nurkic is going to get back? You talk about a lineup that can score the basketball. Yeah. That's a lineup that can score the ball, right? So yeah. in terms of that, I, I like it. But again, are they able to keep him beyond this year? He has a player option. He's going to turn it down because he's going to make more money with the year he's had. And then do those three excuse me, fit together, Dame, C.J., and Norman Powell? Again, I'm not saying they won't. I'm not saying they can't. But it's just always interesting to find out how these guys that you know are going to fit to get, fit to, fit together whenever you when you put them on the floor at the same time. Where are the shots going to come from? Who's going to handle the ball? Um, you know, I, I saw someone tweet that Norman Powell is what Gary Trent Jr. wishes he was or is trying to become. Okay. Um, so that makes, and I think Norman Powell can probably guard a little bit better than well, Gary Trent Jr
0: absolutely it just seems like a little bit of uh not all in for portland but a, a little bit of that because Noro paul's an expiring contract but right now let's look at this he ranks third in three point percentage out of players that have tried at least 200 threes this season he's made 43.9 percent three pointers out of 269 attempts bryce so he's only behind joe ingles and joe harris So, he's a dead-eye shooter, and you put him alongside Lillard, McComb, and Anthony, like you just said, with a good center, like Norkic or even Cantor, that's a very dangerous lineup. Again, they had to make a move. They they had to make a move to to just get a little bit better. To me, that West is so tough, though. You have the Nuggets now, the Clippers, the Lakers, the Jazz, Phoenix. Uh, You know... But what what can you do? This is the best that they could do in this this type of market because I'm not sure they could have just got a superstar, you know. So yes, it's a great trade for Portland. It's a gamble. Is he going to stay? Is he not going to stay? He's definitely going to shoot the ball and spread the floor for CJ and uh, you know uh, CJ and uh, Dame to play more ISO to to have more more room in that pick and roll. So overall, it's a solid trade, I think.
2: Yeah, I, Alex. Feel like, I feel the same. I feel the same. I feel like it's a solid trade. Uh, They're gonna get some help from him this season. but like you said, it's a bet, it's a gamble for the future uh, and it depends on how he fits and how he feels playing with all these guys around him. Mm-hmm. Um, and if he's you know if he's happy and if they make a big push and you know they win games and whatnot, I don't see him why not. He's not staying. Obviously, he's going to turn down the player option and get some more money, like Bryce said. Um, but you know, it, it's a gamble. You, you you don't know that for sure. But he's going to get. You know, he's going to give a lot of help to to Portland uh, this season.
0: Yeah, they're going to be fun to watch, though. I'm telling you that yeah, they're going to be oh, fun yeah. to watch. with they're Those four guys to, the, in the Florida can. They're going to be able to
1: score the ball. That's that is for sure. Yeah, there's, there's no doubt about At that. Well, I think. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, let's move to another shooter: the Mavs and the Pelicans. The Mavs got J.J. Redick and Nicola Melli for James Johnson and Wesley Woonu and a second round pick. We've talked about this, Bryce, earlier at some point uh, where we said that the Mavs are missing Seth Curry. Well, yeah. they got, in my opinion, they got someone better. Uh, I know you're not a Duke fan, so we're not going to go there. <laughs> <laughs> go ahead. You can mention it, Bryce. They didn't I, make it in the NCAA tournament. I, I, didn't,
1: I didn't mention it. I, 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 was, <laughs> I was leaving it alone. Leaving it alone. <laughs>
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, overall, I like this trade. Uh, you know, two shooters that go to Mavs, Mavs uh, and I don't feel like they give up too much. Um, Alex, what do you think about this trade?
2: Yeah, that's what uh, the Mavs needed. They needed some shooters that can space the floor for uh, Luka Doncic so he can drive in there and then, you know, uh, play with pick and roll with uh, Porzingis. Uh, and, you know, in order to do that efficiently, you need some shooters, some threat from the outside so they can move freely inside the paint or, you know, drive to the hoop and stuff like that. And JJ Redick is an elite shooter. I love this guy. Uh, the, the way he plays the game, uh, you know, he just... The way he shoots the ball, you almost know, like, it's always going in. Uh, and I, overall, like you said, they did not give much up for them and uh, they needed some three-point threat, and I feel like they got it in these two players.
1: Okay. Absolutely, Bryce, go <laughs> so ahead. You, oh, God. No, no, like, gosh dang it, you threw it into the universe, <laughs> so now this is, pe- like, I. okay, the Mavs tried to do what they needed to do, which was go find a shooter. I yeah. disagree that at this point in their careers, JJ Reddick is a better shooter than Seth Curry. J.J. Reddick's having the second worst three-point shooting season of his career right now. I think they're trying to make up for that Seth Curry trade. So I think what they did was what they should have tried to do. They should have never traded Seth Curry in the first place. I like the idea. I like the thought. And yes, J.J. Reddick is still a very, you know, obviously solid NBA basketball player that can knock down shots. So I think I'm still just frustrated that, like— Why'd you trade Seth Curry in the first place? Like, just, you should have just kept him. So, um, and, and it'll just be interesting to see if Redick can kind of find that extreme, you know, that elite shooting touch that he's obviously shown throughout his career, but hasn't quite as been as much there this season.
0: I agree, but they need to do something. <laughs> you know, they need to address that shooting uh, the shooting guard position with, a, I would say, a sniper. That I shooter. even though he's not having the best year of his career, I'm not sure they could have got him much more. And I don't feel like they gave up a ton for him. No, they so, didn't. So, to me, it's, it's, it's just one of those things that, okay, we're just going to try to kind of… It was worth the try for sure keep the playoff streak going, you know, keep being relevant, but it doesn't move the needle for them as far as, oh, yeah, now they can be a top four team in the West. I think it's just one of those things that uh, makes them a little better. Uh, him and Nicola Melli, they, they give him a little bit outside shooting, and that's about it. And now let's head to the important buyouts happening. And since we started the show about 40 minutes ago, LaMarcus Aldridge, guys, he got bought out by the Spurs. He gave back 7.2 million in the contract buyout and uh, you know cuz he was due 24 million. And apparently the Miami Heat and the Portland Trail Blazers Ooh, are the front runners. okay? They're the front Ooh. runners for him. And now we just talked about the Blazers. You put him at a center spot. <sighs> oh. I like that. And he's going back to Portland. That's his home, right? He got drafted there. He yeah. played there for many years. He was very successful. Again, I do see him going to Miami, though. I just got excited because I'm a Carmelo Anthony fan. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but
1: Bryce, uh, what do you think? Miami, yep. Portland, where do you see him fit? I think, I honestly think if he would make in Miami, I think Miami needs him more, I guess is what I would say. Miami needs him more. He would obviously, if he went to, cause I think they need a big guy, can stretch the floor like that a little bit. Um, that, you know, they don't really have that guy on their roster. Especially now that Olinick got traded, you know that's—I know they're not the same player, but same kind of player. Now, you know that's kind of what Aldridge is: catch and shoot. So I think he could fill that void that they had um, with trading Olinick. He would be really fun in Portland. You know what I find interesting with this guys is these teams are going all in. Like they are some of these teams are going all in, and to me, I think it's because it's because they don't see that team like that we saw at the beginning of the year with the Lakers that they just go, we can't beat them, Utah, right or wrong. I don't think a lot of people, you know, we haven't seen it in the playoffs and then there's injury concerns with the Lakers. Obviously we just talked about the Clippers. And then even in the Eastern conference with the nets. So I think these, I think it's going to be a tough competition for these buyout guys like LaMarcus Aldridge.
0: Alex, what are your thoughts? Because I, pers- I personally see him with the heat. Um, it's another one of those moves that you mentioned back. Pat Riley, Eric for being great at. But Alex, what do you think?
2: Uh, it, it's a tough decision for me. Um, I would like him to go back to Portland. Um, but that's, like, on,
0: that's on a sentimental level.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, uh, you know, I feel like he's going to have um, a better impact or, you know, like you said, Miami needs him. Needs him badly um and you know i want to i want to i want him to go to the heat so we have a bigger company like if he goes to the heat i feel like they're even more dangerous than they than they were right before this it makes the east
1: it makes the east fun right
2: yeah yeah (laughs) Uh, you know in the west everything is so packed so stacked like we got to make some better teams in the east as well make make it interesting and you know my i feel like already is a good fit for miami um it would be really fun to see him there.
0: Yeah, I think that's the better fit for him. Uh, but again, like I said, I'm a Carmelo Anthony fan, so any hope the, Por- the Portland Trail Blazers can get, uh, you know, C.J. McCollum is a fellow Patriot League alum. So I- I'm all about the-, the Blazers, but overall I do see Aldridge going to uh, to the heat. And now another important piece who's going to get bought out soon. He hasn't. There talks about him. Andre Drummond. There reports that are saying that the two biggest followers for him, or, or teams that are chasing him, are the Knicks and the Lakers. Bryce, what do you
1: think about this? Um, the Knicks doesn't re- really move the needle for me, as we, you know. That's kind of been the term we've used today. I think the Knicks are pr- have probably capped out where they're going to be in the Eastern Conference, especially with the moves some of these other teams have made. Uh, that, that doesn't take away from the year they've had it's been exciting you know it's great for the for the NBA when the Knicks are relevant so I'm not taking it away they have a you know they have a great future be careful they have a big fan base I know be careful what I know, I know right <laughs> but I think the Lakers moves the needle for me a little bit more and I know all Piston fans you know just feel like Andre Drummond is empty stats but at the end of the day if you can go get 15 rebounds that's that's important you know I mean if he's not the starting center and he's just coming off the bench, kind of like what Dwight Howard has done a really good job of doing for teams like the Lakers last year and now the Sixers this year. I think I think he could fill a nice little role there. Um, you know, it would be interesting to see how him and Montrez Harrell would play together off the bench. You know, Marcus Gasol is only going to give you, what, guys, 15, 18, 22 minutes a night. So um, there's a lot of minutes at the five spot for the Lakers that, that somebody needs to play. Yes, and he's a better fit for
0: you know the Lakers. I agree with you, Bryce. He's he's gonna make a difference for the Lakers. Exactly. And there's a meme going around. I don't know who's seen it, but I've seen it with Andre Drummond shooting like ten layups, missing all ten, They're getting the ten twenty point, of, uh, putting back for like, and that's, him rebound, that's him rebounding. That's <laughs> him rebounding. I would just I cracked out laughing. You know, like. He said empty stats, and that's the first thing I thought about. I was like, that meme of him just, you know, breaking 10 laps Fair and making enough. the 11th one. Fair but enough. <laughs> he's, to, to me, he's a lot more now. I, I love Drummond, and I know, uh, I don't know if you guys remember on December, I kind of mentioned that. I was like, you know, he's that type of center that kind of Weaver's looking at, right? Athletic. Yeah, yeah we joked points. about it. Uh, we joked about a return quite a bit, right? Yeah. I mean, he has a lot of, uh, let's say cons that go, go against him, and I understand that. But, uh, Overall, he does fit better with Lakers. I personally think he might move the needle a little bit for the Knicks. Can they make a push for that top four? Uh, being a very defense-oriented team, you know, you add Drumlin next to uh, Julius Randle over there, who's, again, a, a versatile wingman slash power forward, and uh, he can really make a difference for them. Can they make a push for that top four uh, overall maybe with him? But I'm not, I'm not sold on this. So overall, I do think the Lakers are a better fit for him. If he does want to win a ring, I don't know. It could be the financial side of things that prevails for him. Uh, Alex, what do you think about this one?
2: Um, I agree that he is a better fit for Lakers, but because we just said this, let's send him to the East. Let's make <laughs> the Knicks better and have a good competition in there uh, in that Eastern Conference. Uh, you know, I would love to see him in the Knicks, honestly, to make this team better and you know compete for like it's a like top four or push for the fourth spot Uh, we want to see a bigger competition in the east and why not go to the knicks i feel like that's that's, that can be a good fit for him too
0: yeah i i do agree with you but i overall i think that if you want to win a ring you might want to have uh you know you might want to go to to the lakers better knicks at this point And now, guys, to cap it off, there's some guys that didn't get traded. I know Bryce had in his notes, and I was just looking at them. You know, we're talking Lonzo Ball. So much talk about it. Kyle Lowry. Okay, Wayne Ellington. Kelly Uber Jr. John Collins. I really want to touch – yeah, John Collins. But I really want to touch Lonzo Ball and Kyle Lowry. Just, I just want to get your thoughts.
1: Yeah. So, so why did yeah. they not get traded? So um, right. Kyle Lowry's the, the biggest surprise, right? Like there, mm-hmm. there was a video going on around as he walked off the floor from their game last night, kind of giving like the, the deuces sign and supposedly really emotional and all of that. So it sounded like that should have been, and there was reports about all different teams, the Lakers, you know, everybody. And. I don't know if it's true, you know, like I get my, I'm not an inside, I don't have any inside sources. So I, I have to take what I can from Twitter. I know all that's right. There's some talk that, that Talen Horton Tucker was the holdup with the deal to the Lakers. You know, obviously there would have been other pieces, but that they didn't want to include him. So that's interesting. Um, Lonzo Ball, you know, it's really nice piece. It's interesting. He didn't get moved. I think it was reported a couple weeks ago that John Collins wasn't going to. And and I just included Wayne Ellington, you know, for the... Obviously, we talked about that earlier in the show. But Kyle Lowry was probably the biggest surprise across the association of the guys that didn't get moved. And it it looks like Toronto probably dropped the ball because he's probably out of there um, after this.
0: Yeah, and uh, to me, Bryce... Uh it could go two ways. Out of respect for Kyle Lowry, they want to trade him somewhere where he didn't want to go. Sure. I, I can see that because he's done a lot for that franchise. Yes. And uh, that's one way to go about it. And second would be that I'm not sure he could have gone in a trade to a really con uh, you know, a really big team, as a contender, right? I'm not sure how it worked out financially for them. Yep. And a smaller market team, um, let's say up-and-comer, but borderline playoff team. I'm not sure it would make sense because he could have been a rental. So, overall, I do see how hard he was to trade Kyle Lowry for those two reasons. And, uh, yeah, I, I saw the images too, and I thought he was going to get traded. Too. I it sure looked like, like okay, it, yeah. for sure. Yep. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, Lanza Ball on that front, uh, again, it's, it's one of those situations where – He's not gonna be with the Pelicans much longer, but again, maybe they just didn't find something that they liked for him and they just started hold on to him. Um, those are my two takes. there, there, uh, was, the a, there was a team. lot
1: of smoke with him and the Chicago Bulls. So it'll a be a lot of he, it, yes. He'll be a restricted free agent, I believe. Um, so it would be interesting to see, you know, so I believe that means like somebody like the Bulls could offer him a contract, you know, and then the, the Pelicans would have to match well, or not, so
0: there's talks about also signing trade sure. with, uh, with yeah. the Bulls. The Bulls seem to be the... The, the, the name that always the comes that up, really right? Wants, yeah, the, the, they really want Lonzo Ball. And uh, right now, I was just actually reading uh, off Twitter of uh, Casey Johnson. He said, you know, the Bulls would have to waive Ted Young and or Thomas Sataransky to prepare an offer sheet for him this summer. Gotcha. So that's going to be interesting. Are they willing to to give up that, that uh, Sataransky that Alex mentioned earlier being a good... Veteran point guard for Lonzo Ball and also acknowledge that the Pelicans could maybe match it, but I doubt it. So, you Alex, have what's a, your take? Well, yeah, yeah, so Alex, that'd
1: be a core of Lonzo Ball, Vucevic, and Zach Levine.
2: I'm just not on the hype train, man. I don't know. On Lonzo
1: Balls?
2: (laughs) On Lonzo (laughs) Lonzo Balls. I just don't like him overall. I don't know if just because he's that – I mean, he's a good player, but I don't feel like he's that of a good player to make that big of an impact. (laughs) Sure. Honestly, I like Satoransky more than Lonzo. Wow.
1: Okay.
2: Yeah. So I might overall, get some that, that, that's hate on European, this, there's
0: a European him talking. <laughs> maybe,
2: <laughs> uh, maybe, um, yeah. I don't know. No, it's not because of that. But you know, I just don't like Lonzo Ball that much. I feel like he got over hyped a lot, Um and I mean, he's a good player, but I just don't no, like o- him, man. Overall, what I don't, I don't
0: understand, what I don't understand right now, honestly, about the is not making this move. Was uh why not? He's a good player. Overall, uh, I don't dislike him. Uh, He can really help a team. But I'm not sure that, you know, they're going to be able to match that four years, 80, 90 million that he's going to get this summer. So they're going to lose him for free, in my opinion. And, you know, so why not, I don't know, why why not trade him now for any, anything,
1: yeah. yeah. The, the thing with Lonzo Ball is, and and I've asked, I've talked, tried to talk to some Pelican people about this because I've only, we I we, I've only seen him play a couple times, like when they played the Pistons, and and a, and a little bit other, but they don't use his uh, talents. They stand him in the corner, and he's just a catch and shoot shooter because the ball is in Brandon Ingram's hands, uh, Eric Bledsoe's hands or Zion Williamson's hands. I'm not saying that's wrong. I'm not saying your offense shouldn't run through Zion and Brandon Ingram. Like those guys are your core guys. You know, those are your untouchables. So it, to me, it makes sense. You know, you're not utilizing all of his talents anyway, so you're better off, like you say, letting him go somewhere else. And it'll be interesting to see if he does get somewhere like Chicago, where then he's got Levine on one side, Vucevic, okay? If we start to see some of those passing ability – his passing ability start to shine a little bit more as well. Yeah.
0: Uh, It'll be interesting. I just don't don't understand why the Pelicans did not trade him. Yep. But overall – this has been the major moves in the market. Uh, you know, we, we've talked. Unfortunately, we could not uh, get rid of Wayne Ellington. Uh, maybe some guys, some fans are uh, kind of mad about that. We are kind of, uh, I don't know, split here. Yep. I know Bryce would have loved to get rid yep. of him. I'm, I'm kind of uh, in the middle because I'm not really sure we would have gotten enough for him. And uh, he's a good mentor. So. Right now, guys, uh, really thank you for listening. This has been a special episode, Tread Deadline. We'll, we'll keep posting our new episode on uh, on Monday. But uh, we got this one out for you guys to, to kind of catch up with everything that's been going on with the major trades. And uh, make sure you stay in contact with us. You know, you follow Motor City Hoops on Twitter, Motor City Hoops Show on Instagram and uh Motor City Hoops on Facebook too we'd love to interact we can talk more trades there's been some smaller trades happening too like uh Marcus Chris Chris going to the Warriors uh Wanamaker going to Hornets and a bunch of others that we can uh you know we can discuss argue about them on Twitter uh Instagram Facebook so we'd love to hear from you guys send us some questions uh, for for the next
1: episode if you anything you heard today send us some questions we can address on the next episode here in a few days
0: absolutely and we look forward to uh See you guys on uh, Monday. Thank you for listening to the Motor City Hoops podcast. Catch you on the next one.